Welcome to Stuck in My Mind Podcast, the show where we dive into the mind of a regular guy on his road to self-discovery. You'll hear everyday people just like you share the latest topics, personal stories, and things they've learned along the way. And now, please welcome your host, Wise. And welcome to another live edition of Stuck In My Mind Podcast. I am your host, W-I-Z-E. I have a very special guest. He's a business, a small business over business owner for the past 15 years, and she's a fellow podcaster. She is the host of the 40 Drinks Podcast. Welcome to the show, Stephanie McLaughlin. Hey. hey. Thanks so much. I'm oh, doing great. Oh, the pleasure's mine. Yeah. So let, let's let's just jump right into it. All what right. is savoir faire? Oh, well, if you're of a certain age, you hear that word or you hear that phrase, and you say savoir faire is everywhere, because uh, it was uh, the, there was a mouse um, named savoir faire on one of the cartoons involved in Tom and Jerry in like the late '60s. Um, so people who are a little bit older than me, anytime they hear my company name, they say that to me. So we just <laughs> let's just get that off the table. <clears throat> Savoir Faire, however, is a uh, marketing communications agency based in Manchester, New Hampshire, and uh, I like to say we sit at the crossroads of digital and traditional marketing. And the reason I get to say that is because we mostly deal in digital marketing, but we're all old enough that we started in traditional marketing, which means we can bring those skills to the table when we need them. <laughs> that, that's good. So you help you help small business owners get their 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 name out there. And right now, small business owners don't really know how to take advantage of the digital space, and this is where they need a lot of help in. So I feel, I guess you you come in and and you show them how to do it or yeah yeah so you know marketing has changed pretty dramatically in the last ten or fifteen years and that's something that trips up small business owners uh, a lot of times so you know if if they are long term business owners then you know they lived in a time when you could go to the trade show and you'd get all your leads for the year or you could run ads in the local newspaper or magazine or industry publication and you'd get what you'd get the visibility you needed and and as the digital landscape really accelerated the pace of change and the tools and techniques that businesses could use to reach their audiences, you know, the business owners have kind of gotten lost, left behind, the, certainly the small business owners. Um, so what we do is we come in and sort of see, you know, what is it you're doing and what do you think is working and, you know, what have you always done? And then we look a little bit at, you know, where do you think you want to be and um, who do you think you're trying to get to who who is that target audience and then we try to help we help them um, really bring a lot of sophistication to those marketing efforts and you know upgrade to you know a lot of the digital tools and tactics and uh, use things you know approach things much more strategically and so yeah that's that's what my team and I do so what's what's say so um what would you like what's a little a tip you can give a small business owner to help get them started on that path? Uh, oh, God. Um, 
Well, I'm trying to think of the tip and all I can think of is how do you eat an elephant and you you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Right. And, and that's sort of, I think the tip for, for small business owners, you know, a lot of times, and certainly the companies that I work with, you know, they are still owner operated or there's an empowered general manager. And so they're doing what they know or what somebody told them they had to do, you know, so, you know, 15 years ago, somebody said, you got to get a website. And so they got a website and the website's 10 years old, but they spent $7,000 on it 10 years ago. So, you know, that kind of thing. And so the thought of updating a website and starting to do email marketing and, you know, approaching social media and, and, you know, any of all of these things, it just feels so overwhelming to them that they don't do anything. And so let's go back to the elephant, you know, just start somewhere, do something because chances are your competitors are doing those things and you may be falling behind. And if your competitors aren't doing those things, if you're really in an industry that's not, um, you know, that's still sort of stuck in some old ways, then you've got an opportunity to make progress that your competitors aren't. So there's really, really great reasons to be thinking about your marketing differently. But a lot of times that requires an external brain, somebody who's not in your your business, in your shoes, you know, this is the way we've always done it kind of thing. So that's kind of where we can be really helpful. You know, I come into the organization and I am essentially your, you know, chief marketing officer and my team, you know, we become your marketing department. And so, you know, you can afford that because it's on a fractional basis versus, you know, hiring six or seven of us mid-career professionals full time. I mean, that's, that's a big nut. Um, But, uh, but getting that external point of view is, is a lot of times really helpful. And it's 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 funny that you say um, all the things because even as a podcaster, we have to do a lot of those things. Yes, we have to do email marketing. We have to do yes the, all the 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 apps and all this other stuff. And and it's it's work. It's it's especially me uh, me being an independent podcaster. I have to. I do a lot of my own. I do all. Let's put. I do all my work. So yeah in order for me to want to grow my podcast and my brand, eventually I'm going to have to relinquish some of the, some of the, the um things that I'm doing because I can't just focus it, focus on it all at one time. So yeah, eventually I'm going to have to get automated as far as emails and all that. Cause I am building my email list and I need to start using it to my advantage as far as, letting whoever I have the email to let them know I have a new episode out or I have a new program out. And these are tools I haven't been taking advantage of, but I'm learning more and more. I've been podcasting only two years. And when I first started, I didn't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. So to come from, come to where I'm at now, it took me learning somewhat marketing and learning and asking questions to people like yourself that I, I met along the way. Yeah. And it's been helpful. It's showing me things that I needed to learn as as a as a small business owner because I started a production company. We've launched the internet radio station. So it's 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 been it's been great being able to I still work my day job, but at when I, when I'm out at twelve, I'm it's strictly me creating content, building building whatever I have to build for my business, but it's a great feeling and 
the reason I do my podcast is to speak to people and learn things that I don't know. And yeah. hopefully someone out there, maybe a, a podcaster out there doesn't know about digital marketing and all that stuff. And to hear you speak on these things, it helps them out. Like they'll get, get, a, get an idea and decide like, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, I have, you know, a very strong and deep marketing background and what, you know, I launched my podcast only six months ago. So I'm just a podcasting toddler at this point. Um, you know, and I know a lot of the things that I, you know, can and, you know, should be doing, but, you know, the production of the podcast is takes so much time that, you know, you got to prioritize and you got to figure out, I, you know, I'm eating the podcast elephant, you know, one, one bite yeah, at a time right. for and exactly I, the I same reason. Feel. I yeah. know how you feel believe me, because when I first started, I didn't have a clue. I didn't know anything. I didn't, yeah. I had to find out what, what an RSS feed that platform, what platform I'm going to go with. And everybody was like, Oh, go with this platform. It's free. I'll go with this one. And it was like, Oh man. So I just started yeah. doing the research. Yeah. Just went and, and did the research, looked at reviews and and I went with the the platform that I felt was best for what I what I wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy. I've been on Podbean for two years now. Yeah. And I've and this it's been great. Now last year I've finally launched my YouTube channel and got, like I said, I've been doing videos since September, but now doing the lives is so much more fun. To me it was I, you can see the evolution of from where I started on my podcast to where I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I, I found you the backstory for why you started your podcast. Very yeah. interesting. So tell us, tell us the backstory of why, why you named your podcast, the title that it is. Okay. So the 40 drinks podcast started out as the 40 drinks project. And this was something that I did when I turned 40. Um, When I turned 40, for some reason, I I wasn't, wasn't in a place in my life where a big, you know, 40th birthday party felt like the right thing for me. Um, I don't know why there was all kinds of reasons. You know, I'm a, I'm a Leo, I'm an off the chart extrovert. You know, you'd think a party with everybody, you know, coming to see me would be exactly the thing I would want. But for some reason in my life, it didn't work at that point. So I was trying to figure out how to commemorate, you know, how to celebrate the milestone birthday. And I came up with the idea to have 40 drinks with 40 people in 40 different locations And each drink would have some thematic connection to my friend or our relationship. Um, So let me give you a quick example. There's um, a guy who is my younger brother's best friend who basically grew up in our house. He's an only child. So he was always at our house from the time my brother was like in seventh grade or something. Um, And so he's like a, you know, a a third little brother to me. Um, And he... I didn't know until like my late twenties that apparently as a kid, he had a huge crush on me. So our drink was a grape crush. (laughs) Um, There's a couple of friends that I used to vacation with on block Island off of Rhode Island. And um, in fact, I was there when they met and now they're married with kids. And so our drink was a sea breeze. Um, so, you know, those kinds of things, like each drink, we would sit and sort of figure out like, what are we going to drink? Like, what are we going to have? You know, everybody had their phones out. We're like Googling things like, 
Um, so that so that was sort of a fun part of of each of the visits. So I, I decided to do this mostly because it was ridiculous, and I thought this is going to be outrageous. This why? Is why is it ridiculous? Why? It's is it something? I would think it would be something. I would something that someone would want to do because it's very interesting and unique. And I don't. Know, I just. I guess that's just the creator in me now thinking yeah. about it, but. I think it would just be an amazing thing that you can, that you get to enjoy for the rest of your life. Like this is this is an experience where I've got to sit down with forty people that I know, yeah. sit down, have great conversation and a drink, and and this is a story you can tell. Anyone you have, leave it. It's a story you can tell to people, and then and it's just an amazing story to be able to like, wow, that's interesting. That would make me want to do something something crazy something something just that seems like it would be so much fun to do i'll tell you why i i I call it ridiculous um first of all ridiculous is like my middle name uh you know i'm always (laughs) doing ridiculous things all right i i have always done ridiculous things um and so my birthday is august 1st and for decades, I had celebrated a birthday month. And my my theory with the birthday month was like, it, it was just a great opportunity to be celebrate. able to celebrate and to be able to say like, oh, hey, this is a great reason for us to have dinner. Let's go have dinner. We'll celebrate my birthday, birthday right? So yeah. I'd, I'd see friends and family that you, you don't get to see that often. I think as you get older, you, you start celebrating a birthday month. It's yeah, no yeah, yeah. The day. It's like as you get older, like, you know what? It's my month. Let me just celebrate the whole month because I, I yeah. do this as it's my birthday month. Yeah, well, I started early. <laughs> I've been doing that for a long time. But once you talk about 40 drinks, and if you start thinking about, okay, it's not just the people that I see every day, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find, you know, friends I haven't seen in a long time. Um, I I picked friends, I, I went back and found friends from grammar school, high school, college, different jobs I had worked. Um, an old boyfriend. I mean, you, you know, you're pulling people out of the woodwork that some of them I hadn't seen in 15 or 20 years. So it's not something you're going to be able to do in within the month. Yeah. No, that's so it, time. Yeah. So it, so the part of the ridiculous was, okay, well, Steph usually celebrates a birthday month, but to heck with that this year, we're going big. Right. And, and it actually took me a year to do all 40 drinks. Wow. And when I had the idea now, because I am, you know, I own a marketing company and, you know, we've got some of these skills. I said, oh, we're going to put up a website. I'm going to blog about each drink and each person and our relationship. And like, I, I, you before it, yeah, yeah, before it even idea. started, I had turned it into a thing. Yeah. And so that's why, um, and I think because it was a little ridiculous is that's what was kind of attractive to me is, you know, that's why it was resonating with me. Um, but the, the result was uh, a year and 40 drinks later, I, my life had changed. I, I had, uh, uh, things had happened during those drinks and during the course of the year that made me change the way I saw myself and change some of the things I thought about myself and, and really just sort of jump started kind of a personal evolution, some personal growth, um, that I had no concept of no plan for, as a matter of fact, 
I, I just thought it was going to be, you know, 40 ridiculous drinks, but it turned out that the project completely changed my life. And that is what kind of led to the podcast in that, you know, reflecting back and looking back at the transition and how my life had changed and how it was different. I did some, you know, reading and Googling and bought a couple of books. And, you know, as it turns out, many of us, I might even go so far as to say most of us, experience some level of transformation between the ages of 35 and 45. And it's usually kind of like noted around like age 40. Um, now, back when our, you know, our a generation ago when our, our parents were turning 40, it was the whole like midlife crisis, crisis age, and, yeah. right? You know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, get the Porsche and we're going to, you know, have an affair with the secretary and, you know, all the, the crazy things in the eighties that, you know, were, were really stereotypical. It doesn't feel that way today anymore, but there's still a transition. There's you know, still so much that happens in that it, time. It, it, no, it's, it's funny because, when I turned 44 is when I found my passion, what I love to do, which was podcasting. And I didn't have a clue for years. I like I've had jobs and, and I've been at my job now for over eight years and it's, it's, I get paid to play games. So basically it's, I don't, it's not as fun, but to me, once I started podcasting, I found my voice. I found what I enjoyed to do so much. And it was being, it's having these conversations and, and being able to share them with everyone yeah, is what really made me like, oh, no, this is what I want to do. I want to yeah. podcast. This is, this is, I have to do this now. And even my wife noticed because I, I was a big gamer and I would come home. But once I started podcasting and recording, she's like, I know you're serious about this because you just have abandoned your PlayStation 4. It's collecting yeah. dust. I don't, I don't even know if it cuts on now. But yeah, you it, don't have time for it anymore because no. you got stuff to do. Oh, I have I have great conversations to have. I, yeah, I mean, things things that help myself and other people as well. Because I, like yeah. I said, I'm learning every time I'm having one of these conversations. I'm learning something new. Yeah, and it's helping me grow as a podcaster and as an individual as well as helping me grow as a person. Yeah, because the, now I, I'm surrounding myself with people that are that are that are doing some good things in life and and trying to help the world and and being able to learn from people like that is just like. Okay. This yes. it, it makes me want to give back and 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 I feel by me doing the podcast and and spreading the message and and letting everybody listen to everyone's story that I'm 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 contributing my part. It's so funny that you say that because it, that's exactly how to close the loop on my podcast, which is the when I thought about doing the podcast, I, I thought, oh, I I could do. 40 drinks. I could do, I could talk about my story and my 40 drinks and how they changed me and, and all of those things. But that's a podcast with, you know, about 40 episodes, you know, worth yeah. of legs. But what if I take the spotlight off me and sort of aim it outward and start talking to other people who yeah. have had transitions and who have experienced those transitions? Because much like you, you know, the, the transition around 40 completely took me by surprise. I had no, I had no concept of it. And so what if I can help other people approach 40 with a little bit more grace and maybe a little bit more forethought or a little bit more sort of 
uh, understanding of kind of what goes on in that phase of life by having conversations with people who are both looking at 40 and looking at 40 in the rear view mirror. Meaning, you know, here's how I, I have a conversation coming up with somebody who reached out to me and said, I'm 36, but I just was talking to my husband about, you know, what, you know, what I want to have done by 40 and what I want to accomplish by 40. And, you know, so we're going to have a conversation about her looking at 40, but to date, most of the conversations have been about people looking backward at their transitions, at their evolutions, at their stories. And hopefully they help other people who can see themselves in some of those stories. Yeah, because you're absolutely right. Um, Back in the days, it was people were like, oh, they're having a midlife crisis, midlife crisis, and now that I'm, I guess, experiencing it now with everything that I'm going through, it's not a midlife. It's me finding purpose and me finding what I love to do and making me happy compared to back then, where, oh, you 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 took a job somewhere, you worked there 30, 40 years, and that was it. Now you find you you, you actually need to. I'm realizing that. By me finding my purpose and by me doing my podcast and doing what I'm doing, it's helped changing me. It changed me so much because I'm growing. It's it's being able to be like I didn't think of myself as a creative person, and then once I started podcasting, like I started designing logos, I started doing thumbnails, I started doing all these different things that I'm like, this has been inside me this whole time, but of the way I'm thinking and not believing in myself that I'm capable of doing, doing these things. It's just didn't show up until I was willing to, to step out of the box and do something different. Something yeah. that, that was, so that's why I named it stuck in my mind. Cause I was, when I, even when I had start wanted to start since 2019 and just, I, my, I was going to do a sports podcast with a friend and it didn't work out. And I had equipment laying around and just record, delete, record, delete until I got furloughed from my job for the pandemic in 2020. And one day I'm just sitting here with my nephew and decide to press record and keep it and then yeah. upload it. And that was the start of it. But it was, but it took me a year, really, literally a year from, from when I got the equipment to, to I really released my first episode. Yeah. Yeah, I did about a year's worth of planning too. Planning, research, legwork, like you said, all the like, you know, what what platform and what tools do I need? And, you know, so yeah, I, I took about a year as well. It was uh, maybe just shy of that, but yeah. But the the interesting concept that I have come across in my research into sort of turning 40 is the concept of first adulthood and second adulthood. And uh, there's a, a woman who wrote a book in the, the late 60s, I think. Um, I forget her name off the top of my head. Uh, the book is called uh, Transitions, I believe. Um, and she had this concept of first adulthood and second adulthood. So first adulthood is from like, you know, age like 18 till like 35-ish. And during that period, we do a lot of what we should do, right. When somebody told us what somebody told us we should, we should do, do. Yes. right. What, what job, what, you know, what, what, you know, go to school, you, go to school the, you know, relationships, you know, Oh, we went to, we've been dating since college. We've been, you know, we've been, we've been dating for four years. Well, we should get engaged and now we're engaged. Well, we should get married. I'm like, Oh, we're pregnant. Well, we should buy a house. 
you know, next thing somebody wakes up at 34 or 37 on the sideline of a soccer field and they're like, wait, what is this my life? You know, cause you, you just shooted yourself through to, uh, something that you didn't necessarily choose thoughtfully, right? You didn't really think about the choices. You just kept following the path. And so, so that's a lot of the sort of 18 to that 35 ish age. We put lots of stock in other people's opinions, other people's expertise, whether it's our parents, our teachers, our bosses, you know, whoever, somebody smarter and more experienced than us. But what happens, again, somewhere between 35 and 45 is there's that transition through to kind of waking up to our own expertise, our own um, authority, our own needs and wants, and and finally saying, no, I am going to do that. It is worthwhile. It it and and who cares if it doesn't meet X, Y, or Z that so and so told me it should meet, mm-hmm. and and so you see that that sort of you know again grasping of your own authority and trusting in yourself and making your own decisions for your own reasons, and so so that's what I'm just so curious about is that transition and how people handle it and you know are are people thoughtful about it or does it surprise them like it surprised me and you know, what a lot of times in that sort of, um, I don't know, 20 to 40 area when we're doing something that somebody told us we should do, but it doesn't necessarily fit us well, or it's not in alignment with our true selves, Mm. there's a, there becomes tension and that tension can come through in all kinds of different ways. It can come through in depression. It can come through in acting out. It can come through in unhappiness. It can come through in making bad decisions. And, and so a lot of these conversations are about like, oh, here's the mess I found myself in, in my late thirties. And here's how I got myself out of the mess and, you know, found, found, uh, stability and, and vitality again, and really Uh, found myself. Oh, and yeah, no, I've, I was, I lost my wife at 31 and, and, um, she, I, I she, I knew she, she, she had prepared me cause she had introduced me into, into the world of self-development and into, um, Abraham Hicks and, and all these other books and all. And so when I lost her, it, it was just a string of just tra- one tragedy after another, after another. And this engulfed my my thirties. This this engulfed most of my thirties, and then uh, later on in my thirties, this went. Like you said, that after thirty five, when you're hitting forty, you start realizing things in your life. Like I'm angry and and all the at at, at things that I had no control over, and and I'm making some real bad decisions. I'm self medicating. I'm drinking a lot, and but it was it was a time it was just like like i said when you get started into that age close for you like what am i doing like this is this what's meant for me is right. no and and so the, that voice in your head is like no nah, this this has to change and so i sought the help that i needed to change my life and and get right back on the on the right path of me growing and developing as a person because at that time i was stuck i was stunned i was stuck i was stunting my own growth with everything i was doing and so for me, it was just like, this is what I had to experience to help me get to the next phase. Yeah. And so it's now my 40s have been 
I, I'm, I'm remarried. I have a beautiful wife. She's amazing. Um, I've found, like I said, when I turned 44, I found what I'm, my purpose. I found what I want to do. And, and like you said, it's a new, it's your second life. Mm-hmm. It's your opportunity now to really go after what you truly want. Go after your dreams that yep. once you get to like 16, 17, 18, they start pounding into your head. You need to get a job. You need to go to college. You need to do, and you forget about your dreams. You forget about what you want to do. Like this, this people that if you want to go to law school, you, whatever it is that it's your dream, as long as it's your dream that you want to follow, right? Do it. But right, it's we've we were like we were programmed like you know we need to go to school, get an education, get a job, and and we gave up on whatever our goal, whatever our dream was, because people started feeding us with the the nonsense that you no, know, you can't do that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. People fed us with the lines that, um, you know, you're not going to be successful unless you do this, unless you follow this path, unless you go to college and get a good job and get good grades. And, you know, um, and, and I think for sort of the older generation that was giving that advice, I think that advice was probably true maybe when they were kids and that they hadn't really um, opened to the way the world has changed and the way that things are different now. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I've been at this, uh, you know, I graduated college, you know, in the nineties. Um, so I've been at this a long time. I I feel you. I know. (laughs) Freshman year was, uh, 1995. There you go. All right. Um, so even then, you know, it, it was still plausible that you could graduate college and get a job and work for that company for your entire career. Yes. Where it's, 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 that is the rarity these days. Um, there are still some people that do it and that's wonderful, but that's the rarity. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, we, you don't have to, I was just talking to a girlfriend literally last night who started a job two or three months ago that is not fitting her. And she was saying, oh, I don't know if I can stay another eight or nine months. I'm like, you don't have to stay a year, girl. Like, you know, you're mid-career. Like, you don't have to prove that you can stay somewhere a year. You know, I mean, the 20-somethings don't do that necessarily anymore. So, you know, things are changing and and we get to make up our own stories now. We get to make up our own rules. And and it's anywhere you're not happy. If you're not happy, why go there? Right. I understand. Yes, we have to pay bills. We need a job. Yes, but right. It, it's the it's your men, your 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 mental health and your happiness is important. Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone fool you. Yes, your happiness and your mental well being is very important, mm-hmm. and you need to take care of yourself. And if you find yourself in a job that you're miserable and you hate going, find yourself another job that you love to do. Yeah, that's not it's not easy. But listen, if you if you seriously want to be happy, find something you want to, that you love to do. Or if if you happy at your job, but you need something else like a hobby or something, whatever, whatever makes you happy. Right. Right. There's all kinds of ways to organize a life, you know, whether your job is just your J-O-B that you do to pay the bills and you clock out at five or four or three or whatever, and you're done, or whether your job is something that brings meaning to you and and you give your all to it and you give extra hours. You know, there's all kinds of ways to build a life. But 
I think the important part, like you're saying, is to find some place to build a life that you can be happy in, you can be at peace with, you can that 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 you're just comfortable with, and it doesn't feel like it doesn't fit you. Yeah, and and no, it's 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 absolutely okay. So one of the reasons that I decided to to go live is because I wanted um, user, I wanted uh, guest interaction, or and and I people to um. Yeah, we're getting messages. some comments. Yeah. yeah, we have we have comments here. Um, and all of this is this is actually my man uh, Leo. Um, he actually ran for office in the Bronx. He's a real good friend of mine. And hi, and, Leo. And we 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 come from um, we both grew up in New York City. He's from the Bronx. I'm from Brooklyn. And yes, we we did come from some bad neighborhoods, but. We're examples of of people that have come from those situations and been able to turn our lives around and and developing our mindsets and and showing that listen where we where we come from doesn't dictate who we are right and and he's he's a great he's a pillar of the community because he still lives in the Bronx and he still does things because he's trying to make a change and mm-hmm. we need more people like him out there that come from these neighborhoods and and are trying to do something positive and, and do something for the community to continue to continue to do that and i i love the fact that he does all the things he's very like i said he's very dedicated to his community and and i got nothing but love for him and nothing but praise for what he's doing i love that yeah yeah. And and I agree with him. You know, he said social economics and racial inequality can make it difficult for people to do some of the things that I'm talking about. And yeah. and I agree. I agree. Not everybody is, you know, in the same shoes or in the same situation or in the same geography. I mean, frankly, you know, just living in New York has got to be, you know, I don't even know how many X times more expensive than where I live in New Hampshire, right? So some of these things, you know, are are different, different yeah. d- take different paths to achieve. But it really is about, I think, you know, you said it earlier, I think Leo said it, you know, mindset yeah. um, is is super important and being open to these changes and, and being open to sort of, uh, you know, seeing what's happening when when we've got the churning inside of us and 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 taking some time to to work with that because you know there's always got to be a path to get to somewhere that that is happier that is that is peaceful that is that suits you um and i'm not saying it's not work it's you know it it, it can be work yeah we've it's you gotta you gotta think about it you've combating years of programming Yes. Yeah, especially now at, at at the age we're at, we're combating years of programming that we're trying to rewire and trying to reprogram and and relearn these things because and and you know what and the thing I've been thinking about is like we're trying to revert back to when we were kids and we were carefree and 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 followed what we were doing and and all this stuff. Yep. So uh, yeah. I've this is <laughs> actually my friend Jeff. He's a great guy. another fellow podcaster. He has a um, <laughs> a game. He actually hosts a game show. Um, stuff I never knew. I'm a five time champion, by the way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he has a great show. He's got another show coming out. Um, he's a great dude, and 
it, and it's, apparently it's affordable to live in Pittsburgh. I, I, I guess so. <laughs> Everything's a dollar. I'm I'll take your word side, for it, Jeff. I'm, I'm on the other side of Pennsylvania. I'm on the northeastern side of Pennsylvania. So everything here is not a dollar. So I don't know what Jeff's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't really, I haven't experienced that. But Even but, up in New Hampshire, everything's at least a dollar fifty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, this is why... I said the evolution is to, for me, what from just from pre-recorded to live was the fan interactions, being able to talk to them and let them feel a part of the show. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love it. I love the feedback. Oh man. It's, yeah, it's great. I, I'm having, I'm having a great time. This is, this is fun. This is what I love to do is to be able to talk to people in, in the conversations. So or would you, would you do a 50th? Drink 50 <laughs> drinks. Well, wise, <laughs> we're about a year and a half late for that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll start planning for 60, though. <laughs> but you know what? No, you but, know what? I still got four years. I can yeah. do the 50th. Yeah, you can for sure. Yeah, I can do this for sure. I had, a, <laughs> I had a girlfriend, um, uh, not really a girlfriend, a, a girl I went to college with who, uh, when she turned 50, again, about the same time as I did, um, she did this cool thing where she was posting on Facebook. Like, I, I forget how often was it might have been daily or something, but she would think of a song for each year or sort of phase of her life and tag the people who were around for that period in time. But, you know, there are so many ways to mark a milestone birthday that, that do some of this, that do some of this reflection and, you know, thoughtfulness about where you've been Whoa. and how it, how it relates to where you are and where you want to be. So my wife is, she's older than me. Um, she just turned 49 this year. Next year will be 50th. And I want to surprise her with uh, uh, something really nice for her fiftieth birthday. So I haven't decided yet. I'm yeah. I'm gonna work on it. I still got yeah. some. I got I got to September of next year. Nice. Well, I, I want to have it done before then. Have it planned sure, sure. before then. But yeah, yeah. But for September of next year, she turns fifty, and I, w I would love to have do something special for her fiftieth birthday. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could do. Um, what was it? Was it Sesame Street or the Muppets? I think it was Sesame Street. They did a um, a segment where it was "This is Your Life," right? And so it, it was, you know, obviously all Muppets. I was like, "Oh, here's bread. Here's your life. Here, you know, there was an egg, and there was some milk, and there was some flour, and you know, it came together to become bread." You know, you could do a "This is Your Life" for your wife. You know, go back to her through her whole life and get pictures and you know, um, you know, comments or like, you know, cards or something from people at different points of her life. That, Actually, that might yeah. be nice. That, that might, that, that'd be a lot. Mm. Yeah, it was a lot of work. That, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a lot. That's a lot. I, I, I think I was thinking more of something like, uh, like she likes going to the casino. I was thinking about maybe a casino themed. Ooh. Casino themed party, like half slots Ooh. and stuff like that. And yeah. Very cool. Very so, cool. I, I might just do that. I might find, I gotta I'm look into that. Yeah, I love it. But all right, so now's the time where you get to plug away and you oh. let everybody know 
where they can find you. So I'm going to let you go solo and plug away. All right, cool. Thanks. So, uh, the 40 Drinks podcast can be found online at uh, www.40drinks.com. Spell out the word 40. So F-O-R-T-Y drinks.com. Um, you'll find everything you need for the 40 Drinks podcast there, but it is on all the major podcast platforms. Um, and we're on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find those links on the website. On the marketing side, Savoir Faire Marketing Communications, uh, the website for that is savoirfaire-us.com, S-A-V-O-I-R-F-A-I-R-E-U-S.com. Um, and you can find anything you need uh, to contact me uh, or uh, find us on social or anything else you need from there. All right. Everything's actually going to be, they should be in the description. I'm not sure I put it into the most positive i did but cool if i didn't i will be putting it back i will be putting it in i love it but uh it, it's been great having you on stephanie this is uh amazing i've i loved i've loved talking to you it's been it's been great it's been my pleasure and a joy to uh to chat with you today thanks for having me on all right but don't leave just yet okay you got it all right now it is time for shout outs big shout out to my real wise fam poppy j brandy j love you guys Big shout out to everybody who's been tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, wherever you catch us. We appreciate you and we love it. A uh, big shout out to Jeff, uh, Leo, anybody else who's uh, left comments. I greatly appreciate you. This is why I do it to be able to have y'all interact with me and the guests. And a big shout out to the boss lady, Fina. Appreciate you, baby, and love you. And as always, a big, big shout out to all the essential workers out there. Um, you know how your boy wise does it. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Listen on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and TuneIn. Find us on social media on Twitter at wise underscore B underscore blunt. Instagram at wise underscore B underscore blunt. And a Facebook fan page, www.facebook slash wise76. Check back soon for new episodes. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.